got a few screws loose since the days of my youth. It's a few screws loose podcast. I got a few screws loose, and I'm telling you the truth. It's a few screws loose podcast. I got a few screws loose. You don't really want proof. It's a few screws loose podcast. I got a few screws loose. Why do's what I do? It's a few screws loose podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of A Few Screws Loose, the podcast where we have mental health discussions by mentally ill men of color. My name is Dan and I'm your host. You can keep up with me on Twitter and on IG at I am Dan on Drugs. Keep up with the show on Twitter, IG, as well as YouTube for video clips and sometimes full length videos at Screws Loose Pod. Don't forget to check out my homie and co-host P at P from Charlotte on Twitter and on IG. Uh, P will be back this week, this coming week. And that is a fact with his uh, solo episode. It's been recorded and it's been in the stash um, explaining why he was gone. And um, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to sync up our schedules again and start recording together, as many of you longtime listeners may have remembered. We also have a guest lined up for a future episode, which should lead to a very interesting and in-depth conversation about the about losing children, basically. Um, so that that's all future stuff. So hopefully, you know, we can get to that point. Um also want to shout out the Breaks Media Network. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm showing a little bit of skin today because I'm um, fresh from the gym, still hitting the gym uh, damn near daily. I did take a shower. I just didn't feel like finding clothes to put on. So I got a wife beater and a fucking hoodie on. Um, But yeah. Oh, and John, nigga, you know, who I'm talking to nigga. I am not fucking michael jackson okay i'm not light-skinned my nigga this is lights slights my nigga lights (laughs) shout to john man um also well let's just get right into it i want to dispel a rumor that was perpetrated by my brothers ceo hayes who is the ringleader who started this shit and aj from what we're going to do podcast and Hype Williams, who jumped in on me too, telling people that I am rich. I'm not rich. I am fucking broke. I ain't got no fucking money, man. So, yo, this, and all right, so it started off as tweets. And next thing you know, I'm listening to the Awakened Soul podcast, which I listen to every week, with the exception of, I want to say, one week. And that was the week, uh, Kobe Bryant passed away because I I didn't want to hear anything more about it other than the actual news. And I, you know, P wanted to do a show about it and talk about it. I'm like, no, I I just I I don't deal with death very well, especially the deaths of heroes and um, staples to the black community, which uh, Kobe was. So all I say is rest in peace. Um, So I didn't want to hear anything about Kobe. And uh, I muted all that shit on Twitter, 
muted keywords, uh, his name, his daughter's name, rest in peace. And um, I just, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't. That that was a rough day for me. So um, that's the only episode of the Awakened Soul podcast that I've missed, intentionally missed. And, uh, you know, so I'm listening and I hear Hayes going in and I'm agreeing with him. I'm like, I got my fist balled up like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You right, Hayes. Yeah. You can make time for um whatever it is you're passionate about. Yeah. You could take an hour away from this to, to dedicate to that. Yeah. And niggas started saying, yeah, living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm like, yeah, yeah um, I don't know, bro. If you live in paycheck to paycheck, you might not have the time. Then the nigga goes on to say, I know Dan's going to say something about this, but Dan's rich. So then it got broadcasted on the Awakened Soul podcast. Very large audience that Dan is rich. So now the tweets are flying. It's been broadcasted on the podcast. and. I'm just like, fuck. So, like, lo and behold, in my DM, I get someone wanting me to invest in their business or their entrepreneurship or whatever. They're they're trying to sell some shit, basically. I don't know you. And no, I wouldn't even buy something from you, let alone invest in you. Nigga, invest in your goddamn self. That's how the rest (laughs) rest of us did it. That's how Hayes did it. That's how AJ did it. That's how like all all these podcasters flaw. Shout to the podcast brothers. They invested in themselves. Nigga, invest in your goddamn self. That's like if you don't believe in yourself enough to invest into yourself, don't be reaching out and asking other people to invest in you. Like, really? Like that that just doesn't make any sense. But so I wanted to dispel that rumor. No, Dan is poor. And, you know, y'all niggas going to fuck around and get me robbed. I'm going to be at the gym and some cats going to be like, hold up. That's that nigga Dan over there. Yeah, I heard that nigga got some money. And then they're going to jack me in the parking lot and realize all I have is a five dollar Target gift card and a food stamp card that I bought from Tasha off the block. So they're going to be pissed off. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, I wanted to dispel that rumor. Um, But. It did that that whole situation made me think of using this as a topic fin- finances. Right. Uh, I much like the rest of the rest of you. Uh, I work a a job. I'm an employee. I, I work a nine to nine to nine right now, but uh, nine to five. I also have a small business, uh, which you're looking at right now. Um, recording. That's my small business. Um. Not necessarily just this podcast. Uh, Surprisingly, over the past couple of years, I've done a few audio tutorials on how to record um, proper recording techniques, mixing techniques, compression, so on and so forth. And gear reviews, different microphones. Um, I own so many microphones that I I lost count. Uh, I have a full fledged studio like a a straight up studio engineer can come in here and actually mix a project if they wanted to. What I've been doing, um, I got a lot of clients from doing those, uh, those tutorials and those gear reviews and stuff in the area. Now I'm very selective about who I work with because again, it is my home studio, which means it's located inside of my home. 
So I'm very selective about who I work with and the type of projects I work on. Like, nah, I'm not recording rap anymore. I, I used to record rap at one point back in the day. I'm, I'm nah, y'all niggas ain't rapping in my, in my home studio shit. But, um, so one of the clients that I'm working with though is an author and I'm not sure if I'm able to say their name, but they do have a published book and they're recording an audio book, uh, to go along with it. And I listen to audio books a lot. One of the things that I really like is when the author themselves are narrating the book. So this author is narrating their book. It's it's been a dope experience. I've never recorded an audiobook before. Uh it's taken we're on week 8 now and it's it's a lot of very detailed detailed work. I mean, I'm talking about to where you you fuck up one word you actually go back and start reading because you don't want to punch in. And for a lot of you um, engineers or audio people, you know what punching in is. Punching in sounds weird when you're working on an audio book. So it's a lot of work. It's where we have seven, eight weeks worth of recording. It's going to be a bitch to edit, but that bag was nice. So I'm doing OK. There's also I'm working with another client who's um, for lack of a better word, they have a mental health spa. And what they do is it's basically it's a spa and they each of their clients have personalized, individualized uh, meditation that they listen to while at the spa, while they're getting their massages, while they're getting the, whatever the hell else goes on at spas. So. For each new client that goes to this spa, a new uh, meditation recording is needed. So I'm renting out studio time for that. And it's it's pretty cool. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Pretty cool. And, you know, it's a growing business. And especially like right now with the space we're in as far as even podcasting being so young. Uh, I know it's been around forever, but being so young it's still growing. It's still in its infancy. And there's a lot of money to be made on the back end, not necessarily having a podcast, but there's a lot of money to be made. So I'll leave it at that. I'm doing pretty well for myself as far as my small business goes. I do okay for myself as far as my nine to five goes, but I am far from rich. I'm far from wealthy or whatever. Um, so that is where I wanted to kind of start the episode is finances. Most of you longtime listeners probably probably know I've said it many times that I came up in extreme poverty, dirt poor, living in homeless shelters as a baby. Um, it, it just living in the worst neighborhoods possible. It, it was really, really bad roaches, rats, you name it. And that's why I don't judge people for shit like that. Like I'll, I'll crack jokes all day on damn near any and everything. But I would never judge somebody for those types of living conditions because that's what I come from. That's where I'm at. That, no, it's not where I'm at. I don't have rats and roaches. That's where I come from is is that type of um environment where I'm at now, 
I can honestly say that I still to this day know what it's like. And I, I don't think I could live like that now after being so far removed. But I guess if you don't have a choice, you don't have a choice. And we didn't have a choice. You know, uh, mama was single mother, uh, government assistance and got by how we could get by. So started off dirt poor kids making fun of me because, you know, uh, I had the no name brand um, shoes. A lot of the times I remember when the Jordans, there was a pair of Jordans that came out that had like a crossing pattern, they were black Jordans crossing pattern with like um, a colorful Jordan icon on the side. It was a circle. So Payless had these shoes called Attack Force. And those were the fake Jordans. Everyone in the neighborhood got them because they were like $20 compared to $100 or $120 or whatever. So anyway, used to get made fun of for having, you know, the no name brand stuff and not having money to be able to go on field trips at school, free lunch, um, things like that. And now that I look back, I'm like, a lot of the motherfuckers that were making fun of me were just as poor. And I'm going to say something that might be a little unpopular here is I noticed this trend amongst our community, our community, amongst our people. It, it could exist in other communities. I just don't hang out in those communities enough to know. But sometimes what we do is we'll take our last twenty dollars and spend it to make ourselves look like we're not poor. We are we have this aversion to looking like we're poor. We we just don't want to look like we're poor. So we'll spend our last dollar to make it look like we have more money than zero at this point. So a lot of the times, I think, um, especially in school with the parents buying their uh, children, Jordans and all these name brand clothes or being able to afford to go on these field trips or what have you. They were spending their last dollar to do this just so their families did not look poor because your children are essentially a reflection of you in public. So if your child's dirty and nasty and has like fucked up shoes and fucked up clothes, that kind of reflects on you as a parent. And people are going to be like, damn, how y'all living over there? You know, so I, I have noticed that that our community has a tendency to spend money to look like we to spend money we don't have to look like we have money. So anyway, that's that's something, I guess, a realization that I've come to fairly recently. Um, that's never been me. I don't spend money. So getting into the main topic, I guess, the financial stuff and financial literacy. I have a GED. I'm an eighth grade dropout. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to have made it to to where I'm at now, to the level I'm at now professionally, to the level I'm at now financially. I, like, I beat the odds. There's no question that I beat the odds. Hell, the way I was living as a teenager, I should be dead. But again, I beat the odds. Uh, I don't know, you know, too many people that have GEDs. Uh, who dropped out of school, who spent, you know, their teenage years in and out of um, states custody, uh, who have 
you know, I don't want to call myself successful. I never want to call myself successful because there's always room to grow. But for lack of a better, better term, um, who had, who had achieved any level of success, you know, we're supposed to be in jail now. We're supposed to be dead. We're supposed to be working uh, fast food restaurants. We're supposed, you know, manual labor, things like that. So beat the odds. Um, and the only thing I can attribute that to is my brain, you know, being um, I, I like to consider myself intelligent. And uh, that's the only I think that's the only thing that saved me is being intelligent. You know, I was a dumbass for dropping out of school, a dumbass for breaking all these laws and getting locked up and doing this, that and the other. But I've always had a problem with authority or with somebody telling me what to do. So that like my whole life, my whole teenage life and even into my adult years, too, it's like no one's going to tell me what to do and I'm going to do the opposite, even if it hurts me. You know, it's like, um, hey, yo, nigga, you can't cut your arm off. Psh, watch me get a blade and start chopping my fucking arm off or some shit. You know, I, I just I've always had a problem with um, authority. And that's what got me in most of my trouble. That's what, you know, school especially. And then having an anxiety or disorder on top of that and not wanting to be around or being able to be around other people at a certain age. Um, so. We started working relatively early. Uh, P and I both started working at Domino's Pizza at like 13 years old. Now, no, we didn't have any significant jobs. Uh, we walked around apartment complexes. Uh, we worked at a few different Domino's. Uh, the ones that come to mind are in D.C., Pennsylvania Avenue, Southeast, um, Southern, Southern Avenue or no, Alabama Avenue. For those of you um, in the dc in the dc area we would just walk around apartment complexes and uh row houses and hang the little flyers on doors you know with the coupons or whatnot we got paid minimum wage which i don't even remember what that was maybe 525 an hour back then 475 an hour i don't remember and we only worked maybe 10 to 12 hours a week so for a 13 year old, 50 bucks, that was, you know, that's pretty good money. So I remember um, not understanding the value of a dollar back then. As soon as I would get my check, I would blow it. Fuck saving it. I would blow it. I would go to the check cashing spot. Well, at 13, I think my mama had to cash my check for me, but I'd get my um my little $50, $40. I'd go buy cigarettes because I started smoking at 13. I'd go buy beer, 40s or whatever, E&J, because uh, I started drinking at 13, too. And I would just blow it. And then hopefully I'd have enough money left over to go buy a new shirt, maybe, or save up a little bit and go buy a new pair of shoes and try to look fly, look fresh. So that's uh, my first job was at Domino's Backup. We did um, at like 10, 11, 12 years old, uh, me and a couple other friends in the neighborhood, we would go knocking door to door. We would look at people's yards and see whose yard needed to be cut. And we would just go door to door, knocking on the door. Hi, would you like us to cut your grass? We'll cut your front yard for five dollars. We'll cut your backyard for five dollars. And it, it we didn't always 
you know, land the jobs, but some weekends we did, you know, we got lucky and we'd get out there and cut, um, we would kind of go for the older people in the neighborhood. We cut their grass and get our little five, ten dollars a yard. If we can do five yards, it's like twenty five, fifty dollars, depending if we do uh, front and back split amongst three people. That was 10, 11, 12 years old. And that was our hustle. So entrepreneurship didn't even know at the time that that's, you know, entrepreneurship. I just knew we was cutting grass for money. And uh, so, yeah, then comes Domino's Pizza, then comes getting locked up and all this other shit. So get out. I get rehired by Domino's Pizza. And at around 18, I was an assistant manager at Domino's Pizza. Now, at this point, I'm making eight dollars an hour. This was in maybe ninety nine, two thousand. Uh, this had to be two thousand, two thousand one. Eight dollars an hour, which was above the minimum wage and it was mandatory that we worked 50 hours a week so i would get every week 10 hours of overtime which would have been a uh, time and a half so 12 bucks an hour i i want to say my paychecks were about every two weeks at 18 years old six maybe between 550 and 650 dollars somewhere in that range and i thought i was making it i thought i can live for ever off of that much money. So, but I would still do the, a lot of the same things. I would still blow my money. I, now, now we're not talking about blowing $40. We're talking about blowing a couple hundred dollars. Every fucking paycheck I got, I, I mean, I was still living with my mama at the time. So it's not like I was paying rent or, um, a car note, didn't have a car note or anything like that. So I just had every two weeks I had, let's, split hairs and say $600 to spend. I bought some of the dumbest shit possible. I mean, I bought like a $2,000 audio system for my car. I had an old beat up Ford Escort. The damn audio system I put in it was worth way more than the car was. Um, I'm trying to think of other things I blew my money on. Shoes. I remember the phone posits. That's right when they, I want to say, first started coming out or became popular. I, I had different color phone posits, and those were like 120, 140 bucks a piece. Anyway, after I, everything said and done, I might have had $50 to last me another two weeks. So I, I just blew $550 on uh just everything, taking girls out, buying my girlfriend gifts and stuff, buying her jewelry. And I'm 18 years old. I'm buying her like grown people jewelry and shit you know a chain that costs a couple hundred dollars uh rings that cost a couple hundred dollars like and i'm thinking i'm balling i really wasn't but i'm i'm thinking i was but that's how i viewed money is this shit is infinite i just keep going to this place and making pizzas and telling you know other people what to do assistant manager and i keep getting six hundred dollars to spend every two weeks I didn't understand the value of a dollar. So anyway, um, fast forward, got a little older and the older you get, the more you need. So I started needing things, yet I'm spending my money on trivial shit, trying to either show off or look flashy or like I just mentioned not too long ago about the parents trying to spend spend money to look like they're not poor. Just 
you know, doing all that shit, buying so much trivial shit, going on trips. Um, I just did some dumb shit with money and then I never had any. So, you know, it took into my, I want to say my early 20s, maybe 23, 24, somewhere around there. That's when I kind of started putting two and two together and understanding the value of a dollar. So at like 20, I want to say 1920, I was homeless and I was kind of like bouncing around. My mama had moved to uh, New Orleans and I wasn't welcome to come with her because I was just like in these streets, run, running wild, acting a fool, had my little Domino's job. But um, then I was broke and didn't have any money to have anywhere to live. So, uh, again, shout to my cousin Marcus, who uh, allowed me to come live with him. Um, that's uh, around that time is when I started to understand the value of a dollar. So at about 23 years old, 24 years old, maybe I was making $10 an hour. Now that was, it was pretty good money, but now responsibilities have changed. My needs have changed. Health insurance, shit at 18, fuck health insurance. (laughs) But yo, now I need health insurance. I I need dental. I need this. I need that. So I was able to kind of, one, appreciate money more, understand what I needed for. It was a tool to that that was there to utilize, basically, to um, get get shit done. That's what money's for. It's a tool to get shit done in, in my mind, at least. So I started stashing money away early, like like I said, that age early. Every penny I could save, I would save. I did not like spending money at this point. I would not spend money at this point unless it was absolutely 100 percent without a doubt necessary. And even then, I didn't want to spend the money. So I've been saving since I was 23 years old. So while a lot of my peers had finished high school, they had gone to college and they had these massive student loans. They were graduating at at about, I guess, what, 21, 22, 23. I'd been working all of that time and saving money. So I had a head start as far as I'm concerned. Nigga with a GED had a head start on niggas with college degrees. And y'all had to worry about getting jobs, paying shit back. Me, I might have made a little less, but I didn't have to pay anybody back. And that's my, my whole life. I've lived by that, too. Don't borrow money. Don't owe anybody money. Don't lend anybody money. That's that's like my my creed right there. I do none of the above. I will give you money, but I will not lend you money. I will not borrow money from, I guess, in certain circumstances, if I had to like this stupid fucking house, uh, had to. But whatever. So understanding the value of a dollar. And um, so how I'm going to tie this in. I'm wrapping this up now. But how I'm going to tie this in to mental health, I guess, is like I said, I do pretty well for myself. I'm okay. I still have a broke mentality. And by that, I mean, do I have money in the bank? Yes. Do I have emergency fund money? Yes. If I lose my job tomorrow and never made another dollar for the next six months, eight months, 
Am I okay? Yes. Won't be comfortable, but yes. However, I still treat money like it, it, it's it's scarce. Like I will never have enough of it. I still have that broke mentality. I still have no money as far as I'm concerned because my next paycheck can be my last paycheck. So financial insecurity is what I have. I feel like I'm always one step away of being just broke and having nothing and losing everything and whatever. One uh, medical medical issue away from that one. um, One arrest, (laughs) maybe away from losing everything and not being able to make another dollar or to be able to make uh, what I what I currently make through multiple streams of revenue. So I still live like I'm fucking poor. And those who know me and I, I've said this before, I'm going to echo it again. I have right now, other than my, my real clothes, I have six pair of sweatpants. They all look the fucking same. Light gray, dark gray, black, different brands, different fits. But they all look the same from, you know, same colors. And I wear a bunch of podcast T-shirts. <laughs> I, I wear old Navy hoodies. I'm like, that's my wardrobe. I don't care about being fashionable. I don't care about being flashy. I don't care. I, I don't care about that. Shit. I don't want to spend money on that shit, man, because it's like if I buy this. What won't I be able to afford in the future? So I I have a broke mentality straight up. No matter how much money I make, no matter how much money I save, no matter how much money I have in my head, I am broke because I'm one step away from losing it all. And I'm not supposed to be here. That that's why I guess that's kind of where that fear comes from is not only um, not having growing up, not having any money knowing what it's like not to have money, knowing what it's like uh, to miss meals and to go down to the, uh, we call them the bread man who would give all the poor people expired bread. Yeah, we did all that. So I remember that shit. And again, high school dropout, GED, spent so much time in state's custody. I am not (laughs) supposed to have shit in my mind, at least. I don't deserve shit either. And I've talked about that before as well. So I still live with that mentality that I don't have it mentality. And, you know, I I just figured it'd be a good episode to talk about. But the older I got, the more financially literate I got. Financially literate, not illiterate. Um, And that's helped me out a lot, especially things like banking credit cards, um, loans, which, like I said, I don't really do, but I watch so many of our people get uh, taken advantage of because they're financially illiterate. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer when it comes to financial literacy. I know enough to where it, it works for me. What I do works for me. Stock market started investing in um, stocks like again. Eighth grade dropout with no formal training in anything. Um, fucking trading stocks, you know, like it's just weird. And I think, again, I'll just attribute it to my natural intelligence and inquisitiveness because 
I always want to know how things work. And I've even heard um shout out to Hayes again. You know, I shout out the same people almost every episode, but shout out to Hayes again. He said the same thing. I want to know how this works and I want to figure it out. So that's pretty much what I did financially. And, you know, uh, it's it took years and years and years and years. But what I can say is watching our people get taken advantage of. It hurts my heart. But when I sit there and I try to talk to them, it doesn't make sense to them. It's like speaking a foreign language to them. Um, some of the advice might not even be practical for their situations, but I do try. And on Black Law and Legal Lies, I mean, check out that. That's, you know, a podcast. I do a legal, social, uh, legalish, socialish, issueish podcast with uh, my co-host Ann and Becky. But we talk about this a lot is financial literacy and how our people, people of color are preyed upon and how. We a lot of times we don't know better because we weren't taught better. But yet when you try to teach, I've tried I've tried to be the teacher. No one gets it uh, because it's hard to see the big picture when you're only, you know, focused on one little square. You know, I need this this right now and kind of hard to just see the big picture into the future. So anyway. I guess that wraps up this episode. Not really sure what the walk away is other than Dan is not fucking rich, but I'm gonna get you niggas back. <laughs> Believe me. And Dan is not fucking light skin. Hold on. I'm a, actually, I'm a, I know what I'm gonna do, but uh, yeah. So I think that's the, the walk away is I'm not rich. Uh, it took me a long time to understand the value of a dollar, but I still live today making a decent living like I am poor, like I am broke, like I have nothing. And that works for me because I'm able to continue to save and to continue to not spend money. Spending money is that's a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I don't want to spend money. So like I said, that financial insecurity doesn't allow me to spend money. It allows me to hoard money. It allows me to save money. I only spend money when necessary. Going back to the top of the show, though, I did say uh, someone reached out. I, I, I think they caught wind of Dan's rich from somewhere. And uh, one of you niggas. <laughs> and I invested in myself. I, I have done that as far as spending money. I've invested in in recording studio i've had this recording studio for 12 13 years now and you know it's a it, it was a large investment and i continue to improve upon it but if you believe in yourself and you know you can make money off of it or your intent is to make money off of it invest in yourself that's the walk away so until the next episode people peace out want to do one thing for the video for the viewers because this nigga John keep calling me fucking light skin. My nigga, hold on. My nigga, do I still look light skin? Oh, hold up. Hold up. My nigga, do I still look light skin? All the studio lights off, my nigga. I ain't light skin, bro. I ain't Michael Jackson, nigga. <laughs> Peace out, people.